Defensively, if the defense struggles, we're going to ask questions why. There's nothing wrong with people asking questions why. Especially whenever you're not getting that answer. Because whenever you're left to our own devices here to try and figure out what's going on, we're going to ask that question why. Because they're not answering it. So this means something to us. We're going to have that conversation. This channel is all about commentary and perspectives. Of course we're going to ask that question why it's happening. So anyway, coming up after this, we will have our What You Talking About Willis segment. And we're going to dig into the analytics of Lane Kiffin and why that is almost a tale that he might not believe as much as he says. But we'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all that fat and calories, then you have to try Built Bar. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better that they're healthy. They're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get your box. We've been telling you for years to go to Built.com, hit Locked On 15, and a box of Built Bars will come to your door. Now that is not the only option. You can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick them up. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. It's really amazing. Like I said, we've been trying to tell you to go to Built.com and use a promo code for years. Now you don't have to. Now it's on the brick-and-mortar number one retailer in America, Walmart. And they even have bigger, um, bigger sizes at Sam's Club, as you would expect it would be bigger, bigger sizes. But you will thank me later. Um, go give it a try. Anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're going to move on to what you talking about, Willis. And this is what we're talking about this week. We're talking about analytics and fourth down conversions and how that affects the game. There's a movement that has overtaken college and pro football over the last years about going forward on fourth down. You've heard the saying, scared money don't make money, and it's all about the analytics to decide what we do, and great. It's all well and good if you get that answer, though. It becomes a shield for when things don't go well. There's not an analytic situation in the world that tells you to go for it from your own 10-yard line on 4th and 18. That, that, that book doesn't exist, but we've seen that happen as well. So what is going on, I do believe, is analytics have become an armor for bad decision-making and impulsive decision-making and impatient decision-makings. And the result of that is the knowledge that 
he may not think and believe into what he believes in as much as he says so. It's kind of a fake it till you make it situation. But here's the thing. That hasn't been the situation. This team has been good enough to win straight up. If you go back the last three years, I want you to think about it. Just sit down and think. Close your eyes. How many games have Ole Miss won by playing the analytic go for it game? How many games has that caused Ole Miss to win? Now, on the flip side, I want you to close your eyes and think about how many games has that gone poorly? I can name three of them right off the top of my head, one of which losing it potentially cost Ole Miss the playoff in 2021. But that Auburn game, four or five trips inside the 20-yard line, zero points, when if they would have just kicked field goals, Ole Miss would have won that game. I think Auburn won that game by seven points. Mississippi State, you get down to the five-yard line. They have 15 tackles for loss. They're doing a number on your running game because your offense is at a disadvantage. You still decide to go for it. That one might be an analytically proven way to do it. But with that situation, with your offense, with what you were going with, that was problematic. And getting stopped there, Mississippi State gets the ball, goes down, scores a winning touchdown. You had a chance to go up, I think, 10 points. That game would have been over as well. And then there's the Texas Bowl that was called like a 12-year-old playing Madden to where no punts in the first half. Go for it from your own 10-yard line. It doesn't matter. Texas Tech was not under any circumstances, in any world, that much better than Ole Miss. But whenever you go for a fourth down and they stop you, when you go for a fourth down and they stop you again, the emotion goes up. The confidence level goes up. The execution of the other team goes up. And it becomes even harder to win the game. Now, I understand this mindset if they, Ole Miss was playing Alabama or if Ole Miss was playing Georgia, something to where they had a distinct talent disadvantage on the field. It would make sense that you would need to play the analytics and hype it up and do what you need to do to try and move the ball and win. That's called playing winning football. That's called not playing scared. That's really what it's called. But when you have the advantage which in many of those cases, talent-wise, Ole Miss had the advantage talent-wise. Why would you risk it? Risk that emotional onslaught that could come. Risk that, that momentum change that always comes. There's no bigger momentum change that happens than when a fourth down stop occurs. Why would you invite that, especially when you're playing on the road, where that cauldron could be magnified by several points. Why would you do that? I think you just need to have confidence in how good your team is. Do I think they need to go for it? Yes, they probably do from time to time. But you also need to know who you are. You need to know what you are. Like I said, that game potentially cost Ole Miss a chance at the playoff. The Mississippi State game cost them an egg bowl. Now, Good for Mike Leach. I'm glad Mike Leach got that win. I'm glad Mississippi State got that win for Mike Leach. So I'm not going to be mad over that. But that did happen. And that Texas Bowl was an embarrassment. If you want any questions about how we felt about that, you can go back there and listen to the postcast on that um, Texas Bowl. Absolutely ridiculous. But 
looking at everything that goes on, Lane Kiffin should have confidence. He has built the most talented roster that Ole Miss has had in modern college football. He's built that. He's got quarterbacks upon quarterbacks. You have to go back until Glenn Griffin was roaming the halls in 1962 to see a quarterback room that was this stacked. You have a running back on campus that was 100 yards away from breaking Herschel Walker's freshman record and already has the second most yards by a freshman ever in the SEC. You only lose one offensive lineman and you recruited multiples to come in. It should improve. Trey Harris and Chris Marshall have a chance to be so legit on the outside. More talent than you've had probably since 2018. Tight end-wise, Caden Priestcorn coming in is a huge deal, not only because of what he can do, but what he'll do for Michael Trigg and the ability to do different things with Michael Trigg. I just told you why this offense can be crazy explosive in 2023. We have not seen this very often. Now, we have a quarterback competition we've got to get through, but the winner of that competition is going to make Ole Miss better, period. doesn't matter who it is. You got a running back that absolutely stars, and he's probably going to have lesser numbers and be more effective in 2023. And you've got a defense, as we talked in the first segment with J.J. Pegues, to where the defensive line, there's actually a two-deep that has developed on that side of the ball. Linebackers, you can see players that have played and have been effective at their level. Monty Montgomery was a nightmare for Ole Miss in 2021 until he got a targeting penalty. You know, was it Walton? Um, at a corner. You've got defensive backs all over the field because they've recruited them. It was half the defense before. You can see why this team is going to be potentially good enough to have confidence in. The one thing that Ole Miss has to worry about for 2023 are games like Auburn in 2021, Mississippi State in 2022, and, of course, the Texas Bowl. Those were games that were not lost by the Ole Miss football team. Those were games that were thrown away to the altar of analytics or impatience or impulsiveness. I'm not sure which one, but all of those come into play when dealing with those fourth down tries over and over again. Should be really fun. I'm looking forward to seeing how 2023 can work. I think Lane Kiffin will learn his lessons. I think this offseason he is genuinely tried to learn from the mistakes that was made at the end of last season. The team is being built in a little bit different way, and that should tell you that transfers coming in over what was here last year, they're going to probably have the upper hand. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what Suntarian Perkins can do in the linebacker core and how they use him. We are less than or about two weeks away from spring practice starting. That's pretty cool. I think it's 15 days or something like that. And once that happens, we'll have a whole new sets of storylines that we can go down. We will have everything that you guys could want, and it should be a lot of fun. This week, hey, if technology doesn't rise this week, we got some interviews for you. Actually, you know, today, coming up after this break, we're going to have John Gillespie 
um, John Macon Gillespie from the Grove Report talking uh, about the coaches' search and the trip up to Minnesota and just whatever general news has been going on in Ole Miss sports. Um, but we're also going to have Jake Crane. We're going to have Charles Arbuckle. They're both scheduled for earlier in the week. Um, our normal um, contributors like Pratt is going to be on here. We're going to talk about that. We are going to have Kara. We're going to have Derek doing a pre pregame of the Purdue Boilermakers. So we got a lot of stuff coming for you. So we're going to fill it up over the course of the week and do whatever we can do. There's going to be some videos that might be at different times. Um, but hopefully we'll see exactly how that goes. I'm looking forward to talking to Jake and Charles Arbuckle. Arbuckle, um, I think, has um, seen Oklahoma State football with his ESPN color commentator duties. And because of that, um, I want to talk to him about Spencer Sanders because I'm hoping he's seen him. So I can't confirm that. He's just, you know, he's a Facebook friend. So we we do all of that. And I, I do want to meet up with him and um, set up a contact with Andre Ware. We want to get him as well because he does have some history in the SEC as well. So thank you very much for tuning into that. When we come back, John Gillespie, The Grove Report. Stick around.